0: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented
1: by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Phil Baker. Does that make you feel official? Does that make you feel like you're kind of part of the regular team here, Phil? Uh,
0: You know what? It's an ongoing bit that we have on the Sunday show that we haven't updated any of the imaging. So when it actually gets that, and this is a testament to James Black doing a wonderful job, I applaud him. But I kind of like the bit of not being on any of the imaging. It's kind of a funny bit it's like
1: it's like biscuit in a little bit like, yes. like do we really ever want to move on from Crean doing just his or
0: no Nick Evans hasn't been in sports talk radio <laughs> in a better part of a decade when, since I stabbed him in the back and took his job on the Sunday show
1: what's he doing these days
0: he's over at UofL, actually it got it kind of like the the fud Like athletic on the university side yeah, or? yeah oh, on okay. the university side yeah, but yeah him. look at that boy yeah. You could have had that on the bingo card 60 seconds into the show. We'd be doing a Nick Evans draft. <laughs> but no, it's But that's an ongoing bit where it's like, yeah, we're getting around to updating the uh, imaging for the Sunday morning hangover to which, and it drove Andy crazy. And I'm like, it's kind of a dear. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of our bit, though, that we have right there. So it was uh, some fun stuff nonetheless.
1: We got a lot to, to get into, just a, a full heads up to everybody, as has been the case often this year. This is a uh, Louisville men's basketball game day, so we are uh, going to be attenuated by a half hour. Uh, and this is going to be kind of a uh, a medley of shows in a way, because you're in here for the first hour. Coach Lieberman going to be in for the last hour and a half or so. And then we will turn you over to network pregame coverage of Louisville and Duke Tonight, I don't know how much thought you've been able to give uh, this one here. It, look, this used to we used to be able to count on this kind of being a one of the one of the the high points of the season, and and we would be um, tempted to come on the air early and all you know that that sort of thing for a game like this. I don't sense a lot of that. Obviously, I'm not trying to be facetious here, but just kind of amazing how even Duke can't really drive too much feeling at this point.
0: Yeah, no, it, look, I mean, anytime Reese Davis and whatnot is able to come in and get all the play-by-play, you got him and John Crispin on uh, TV tonight. So they, Crispin does a good job. He, he does a really I good job. I like him job. in the studio even more. I, I, I said that we had this exact conversation with Kern about that, and Kern felt the same way, which usually we do not uh, agree with him on some of those things. But I, I think one of the th- big things about this is Duke, in fact, looks it, – it's not the Duke of old, but they're still littered with talent. The John Shire experiment's fascinating to me and how long – he, he's la familia, dare I say, with the, the Coach K coaching tree there. So it, it's going to be fascinating to me. It, it, they're not the Duke of old. They obviously coming off a loss the the Pit, to which uh, the the Cameron Crazies were just given the double birds. The uh, oh, what was it? Pinted on a, a pit that was yeah, that yeah, was just Henson? Yeah, it says, was just given. Anyways, just taking in all the double birds, and so you know they're going to come in a little ticked off after everything that transpired with that, but. Uh, look, it, it's one of those things where Louisville feels like they're going to get some games along the way to the end of the season. It feels like they're going to be, like I don't say that confidently, I just don't think this is one of those games in which they are going to be there, especially with the Duke coming off a loss.
1: You know, I saw that picture of Henson uh, you know, greeting the, uh, the Cameron Craces and being saluted by them all as well. And it did make me wonder, like, between NC State with Horn kind of giving the ref the double birds, have we have we given up on trying to hide that or we just let them fly
0: now? Yeah, look, I mean, everybody's got a cell phone now. So, I mean, they're just going to let them fly and you're probably going to end up on an internet meme along the way. they just like, <laughs> I don't care. But no, it, it, it's my first thought that the wide angle picture of him, Henson, Blake Henson was his the, name. The, yes, yeah, we standing had Standing right. up
1: on the table with the camera crate and them all giving him, telling him he's number one. Uh, I, my first First thought, it's like, oh, that's gonna live forever. 100 percent. First thing I thought, I would have
0: a mural in a room yeah. in my house, regardless of if I played if I was in the him, NBA. You'd walk into that over the fireplace. Oh, hundred yes. percent. Like, I don't care if it's like Yugoslavia or wherever career I have, that would be like the Last Supper <laughs> picture of just the Cambridge Crazies just giving me the double bird. That that would I would tell my grandkids about it forever. I've
1: never seen a team. Uh, in thinking about this Duke game uh, tonight, I don't recall a team, in, and I've been looking at people's uh, various teams their their Ken Palm profiles for a long time now. I don't recall a team that was that's so good offensively at everything, except for one random thing like Duke is. If I give you their their overall offensive efficiency, Duke eleventh in the country. Every bit as good as Carolina, who Louisville just played, and a couple other teams that they've played uh, this year. Uh, it, they don't turn the ball over. Turnover percentage, seventh in the country, the lowest turnover percentage. Uh, top 20, They're 26th in effective field goal percentage, so they can shoot twos and threes. Uh, they're in the top 100 in everything, which is a big bigger deal in, ba- in basketball because right. you have 353 teams or whatever it is. Top 25 in three-point percentage, top 50 in two-point percentage. 70th in their free throw percentage, and they do not get the ball stolen from them, top 25 ish, and then 352 and getting their shots blocked. (laughs) Like, what? I've never seen a team with a profile like that.
0: Yeah, you know, and I know a lot of people kind of point to one of the reasons, um, you know, that they struggled with with Pitt uh, with Jeremy Roach being out, and and he's going to be something something to monitor with that because of a knee injury. But I, I, I think with Duke, you just expect, even with the John Shire experiment, you expect it to figure it out eventually and be playing deep into the ACC tournament. Obviously, a tournament team. They're just, they're littered with talent. It feels a little bit different, I would argue, but especially with you see what's transpired with Louisville in recent weeks. I don't think, now, there, there's talent there, as we've said, at nauseam over here, but it's going to be fascinating to me to see how Louisville can come out, especially after the defensive performance that they had against Wake. Like what's the point of emphasis coming out in this game is a sense of urgency. Like that? that's what we've talked about on the Sunday show. And I talked about with Biscuit for a little bit yesterday before you were able to connect. It's like we talk about the on the Sunday show. There's like three now four silos that you can talk to about global basketball. It's like you can preview the action and react to the actual game. You can talk about the state of the the state of the program. You can talk about the press conferences and and, and analyzing those and and it just kind of like one and or just go zero to coaching search, which I know right. we're we're trying to get somewhat creative and get a better job of uh, discussing different angles of the basketball program. Just going zero to that.
1: Can I ask you to to weigh in here? I yes. know you heard Louie and I talking about it. I know. I think I I think I legitimately surprised Biscuit yesterday. Look, I know we all reacted to Zan being out there in the starting lineup, uh, but I, I can't help but wonder. Uh what it might mean that they put D'Lo on the graphic for today, like the tweet about the game tonight. And so I asked Biscuit this question. Like I said, it would be perfectly kind of in keeping with just sort of his, his moves with the roster and the lineup kind of being, having the feeling of flailing that Zane will be right back out of the lineup in the starting line and somebody else will be there. Both of them make sense. Neither of them say anything good. Well, both of them make equal sense very little. But you understand what I'm getting right. at? Like You're going to leave him in there against Duke, or are you going to bench him again and show it was just kind of a lashing out move?
0: Well, and I heard Bob talk about this before we came on the air. It just says, look, you know, th- there's times in which there's things that don't obviously show up on the stat sheet. Uh, and you could make the argument with Zan Payne uh, that nothing that outside he of him. He tried to not show <laughs> up on the statute. Precisely. Right. However— you know, Bob was going it from the coach's standpoint of saying, okay, like there's some things, the game within the game, and maybe that's very well true. However, the thing that it, it goes back to, it's just, I think you or Louie said, and forgive me, I, I cannot remember, but one of you two said, it's almost like he is aware of what's going on. Th- this whole notion that he's doing it to like mess with people or to just kind of say, hey, like I- I'm laser focused on this. He's aware of like what's being said. He has to be, right? Like it, that, that's what... That was kind of my takeaway from it. And if he puts Zampan in, because it would have, you said this, I know for a fact, it would have gotten him so much goodwill with the the freshmen just tossing the keys to them. Because you see bright spots. Tyler Johnson's good defender. Caleb Glenn, an elite. Not a good, in my opinion, in the years to come. He is going to be an elite rebounder for his size. Like, he soars up there. again. You see bright spots with that. And I think that's, like, the most frustrating thing is, like, man, like, you're operating like people will work with you if you have some bright spots in the recruits coming in the future but even if like you're losing and there's still some awesome pieces that you're like okay we can build off this or that and not starting like the Caleb Glenn's of the world or, or the Tyler Johnson's of the world like that's what I think's the most head-scratching to me is and then putting out Zan Payton at the four spot uh very questionable. Is that the more
1: surprising part to you? Is that he played at the
0: four? Yeah, I heard you say that he's not. He's never played that. He's like, <laughs> I guess, it, positionless basketball. You wanted it, you got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So look, I, I I don't know what to expect out of any of that. Uh, tonight we will see. Uh, it, look, it's not a it's not a good matchup for Louisville. Uh, I'm hopeful that at least, as it was in the Carolina game. They kind of got up and down and scored a lot. They at least made it kind of fun to watch, and I think made Carolina earn it a little bit. I I don't want anyone to hear that and think that I'm like lowering the bar here. I'm just talking about outcomes. I feel like I can live with and sit through, not think are good. I don't.
0: No, it. it no, I, I understand. I what like you're the saying. offensive end of the Carolina game at least. Yeah, you know that, and that's and that's what I said. If you're trying to break down what you saw, like, do you know how difficult it is? To shoot over fifty percent at one point and be down twenty. I mean, they shot
1: sixty percent in the second half against North Carolina and only outscored them by a point.
0: Like again, I know it sounds like you're you're grasping for some sort of positive thing, like that's damn near impossible to do, and that just shows the lack of defense and, and just how bad it's been. Because I think Drew said it at one point, like I, I forget what stat he pulled up, but it, they were right up there with the best teams in the country offensively at, at one point in the season. And, and, and I believe it. Like, when you see sometimes, like, sometimes it's just standing around uh, a lot of times that they go to the ball to bring to Hatfield Adfield and you're just kind of like, okay. like and, and it works sometimes, but when, then Wake opened the gate or opened the floodgates when they started double teaming them and it wasn't there. It's like everyone's standing outside the three-point. And it's like, what offense? Like, what's plan B if this isn't working? So, But offensively, that has been a bright spot. Like, that's something that if you are – Still seeing glimpses of things that are working. It's like, I get like you trying to grasp onto that. It's just everything else. And that's, and if it was just an offensive game, you'd be talking, cutting down the Nets possibly, but it's not. And that's where it's been horrid at the defensive side.
1: I'm, look, I, I don't have a clue what to expect in this one. Uh, I, because I don't really know how coaches are handling uh, the preparation for Louisville. Like opposing coach, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. I think the Miami game probably gets Louisville more of a focus from teams than, like, I I think they got Miami on a favorable night, but I think that the fact that they were able to do what they did offensively against Miami uh, makes it far less likely that they get anybody else that has something to play for to take them remotely seriously because you, you, they are good enough. If you, if you let them, they can get you, but you've got to help.
0: Miami helped. Well, and, and I know the verdict's out on what type of team Miami is with their recent struggles. Not but, going in the right direction. That's but, true. But I will say this, and this is something that's been frustrating to me to kind of go off of what we just saw with college football. It is interesting to me. Like, the ACC, and I know Joe Lenardi has his projections out of who's supposed to be in the tournament and everything. Just the punting on how bad of a conference the ACC is when Kansas loses in the Big Twelve, and I think the Big Twelve is really good, but they've struggled against UCF. Just as a whole, and I go back to what uh, Luke and Jeff Capel kind of had their mini feud on of like being more positive, and I was I was Team Luke on that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of like guys like, is there something to this where it's like we just openly like hype up like the Big Twelve like it's just some. Great conference top to bottom, and the ACC is just like, oh, it's a terrible conference from start to finish. Like, I know um, I'm getting off on a tangent, but uh, uh, the UConn coach went on and was just like, this isn't like the uh, SC, Hurley would say, this isn't like the uh, SEC or ACC. It's like we murder each other every night here, and it's just like these little jabs are like, when did the ACC just become like, you know, the Mac? Like, I'm just fat, and I think it's in large part because you've seen. Teams and powerhouses like Louisville, you're seeing this. It's not the Syracuse's of old. You're seeing some of these teams that like you identify with a, 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 one of the blue bloods of the sport. So that's why it's so important for Louisville to kind of get back to those winning ways it, it, because it, these narratives get created. And and it's, I know Luke, like I say, Hey, give me something to they be positive. They
1: hold on for dear life.
0: Yes. And, and it, and it I'm just having PTSD from the college football experiment that we just went through of how little that you thought about the ACC as a whole and it's like, well, if if the powerhouse brands aren't really carrying their weight in that, you really can't combat it. And and that's what I'm fearful for when you see Louisville sitting at 6-12 and 12 and you see the, you know, the, how do I don't want to say propaganda, but you see the things that are out there from the ACC network talking about how many championships they've had in the last eight years. Global's got to start carrying its weight as one of the premier brands in the conference, especially with all this uncertainty. What's happening in the years to come, probably. Yeah,
1: was was talking just a, a little bit earlier with Fred Calgill in the back about, you know, the one of the reasons I think one of the drivers for some of the urgency about how things have gone south, uh, this far south, this quickly. You know, twenty seventeen was was the lot la- was you know Rick's last year, so we're talking twenty nineteen and twenty. We're probably the you know we're max two good years. It's, it's been that long since Louisville was really good in, in a way that we recognize and that people could recognize on TV as like what we associate with Louisville with big crowds and, you know, all that, that oh, sort Oh, Malik thing. Williams
0: dunk at the at Cameron. Five like, years ago. That's I mean, how cool of a moment was that? David Johnson going? Right. Like, that seems like an eternity ago, but a really cool moment nonetheless. But the kids that are
1: seniors in the class, say the 2024 class, they were 13.
0: God, what a kick in the nads, man.
1: Very, I mentioned this to you before we came on the air, and I wanted to mention it again. Uh, I know as, look, time is is uh, undefeated. It just rolls on here. Mortality comes for all of us. But seeing a recruiting story yesterday about Cornelius Ingram the second, when his dad played for Florida's national championship team in 06, enough already, man. This well, has got to stop.
0: Well, it's like when T. Will's kid was getting recruited by all this way, yeah. and then you got... And then, oh, who what, Who else? Oh, yeah, Kenyon Martin Jr. was the one that really got me and was participating in the dunk contest. And it's like, oh, this, that's my childhood at Freedom Hall. The battles against you know, Cincinnati and being so excited to see Steve Logan and, and Kenyon Martin, even as a Louisville guy. I was like, man, this like this guy's going to be the number one pick of the draft. And now his kids played it. That's thats a kick in the nads right there over and over again from Mother Time. But there you go. So just to go back to that
1: conversation, like it's been a minute since teams – since kids since people since fans have have had Louisville as like a team in mind and that stuff it, look i don't think it i've never bought into any of these sort of death narratives or any of that sort of thing like it's i don't think that Kenny is killing Louisville basketball or anything like that but it's it's not good and it's not
0: automatic like you can
1: become nebraska
0: football yeah no louis said it a lot, where it's just—I I say this all the time. I'm like my childhood, and I know you're a Florida guy, the U and Florida State. Yeah. And, and I know Florida State's been back there, but I've been saying this: the brand equity that you get from programs like the U—that oh, they're eventually going to figure it out. They're eventually going to get there, year year after year. You say the same thing, Nebraska, the same thing, and then you look back, and it's you know, it's Indiana, it's yeah. Indiana basketball, it, the it, basketball it, version. It, of that. And, and so. I get, I remember we got so many calls like when the Chris Mack stuff was going on, and then, you know, some, you get some of the same callers in texts so that's like, I'm not seeing as many Louisville shirts. I'm not see, I'm seeing, seeing Global stuff at uh, being donated to Goodwill. And you're like, shut up. It's not that bad. Like, but then you talk about a generation of fans like that don't grow up with this. I don't. that, that's something like where it's just, that track's got to get laid. Yeah.
1: It does. It happens. Uh, it's not self perpetuating. Uh, look, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, positive, like, momentum for it around here. We're all sort of used to it. But like, for instance, I think there were there were a lot of Louisville fans at the ACC championship game in Charlotte for football, and I remember saying to Andrew that I was like, I'm going to guess that a good number of these people are people who would normally be prepping to go somewhere for the NCAA tournament.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Mark Blankenbaker goes everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. It's an ongoing joke, or it's just like he's, he's got a company card for the crunch zone. Maybe get a private jet out of it over at Bowman Field or Santa Claus, Indiana, the helicopter pad. But he he's going to Hawaii during the NCAA tournament. The sheriff is right. not planning. He's go- gone to Boston College for football games. What was it, the Armed Forces Bowl that he went to the SMU? Is that what? It, or the first responder bowl, that's yeah. what it was, where I'm like, blank. Buddy, you're my guy. I love you. That sounds like a cry for help. Zoom, I promise, Rock, you'll be okay. Yeah. If you if you just join the Zoom press conference, you don't have to go. But bless him, his the sheriff and his Spurs are always there. He, he <laughs> he's always there. He, he he's all reliable with that. And no, but like that that matters. Like when Mark like doesn't do that and it's not playing, it's not. And I know he said if there was a change, he would be at the Battle for Atlanta and whatnot. But at, to your point, those people that were at the ACC championship. They're clamoring for any sort of positivity that they will gladly, gladly drop what they're doing and reorganize their schedules to say, "I want to go to the NCAA tournament. I want to get back to go to the ACC tournament." And you know, thank God it's not in Greensboro. No, Nick kern has got a love ballot to that city. He but does. Oh, God, he loves oh. him and Locke. He, he they got a nice food court in Greensboro. Like Curran, what are you doing? We understand you watch Murder She Wrote and uh, on your downtime and and you set uh, like Piccadilly. Yes, precisely. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. The authentic Italian food at the, the, the cafeteria. Mall food yeah, that—that's a spot. Yes. But this year, it's in D.C., so it's going back to D.C. for that. So you get to go to cool places too, and people just want to—they want to go back. Like Championship Week. I know everyone loves March Madness. Championship Week are some of the fondest core memories of my childhood. Was the Big East
1: tournament not like one of the the best parts of the last fifteen years?
0: We had a a group of us it was about 12 of us years. That, that cut school and knowing good and well we were going to get the equivalent of the ISAP or detention whatever you called it in Florida and we we didn't care cuz we were watching championship week at the local Mr. Gaddies. like we were doing that and we were perfectly content with it we knew what came with and that was the fabric of the the basketball DNA in this market like it's it's some of my fondest core memories of I and we talk about it with those group of friends and that's why it matters that they got to get back to where it was, and and look, I, I think like when you see some of the skill, I'm not going into this. They get that, I think Duke's a, a 14 point favorite right now, not thing but I they're beatable. Like you, you played right there with Pitt at times, and they just came off a loss. It's not, it's not crazy to think, but with the amount of talent, I, as I say that, it's not crazy to think it is. It feels very crazy to say that out loud that they have a ch- chance, but I feel like they're gonna have a chance. You were just playing with Carolina, the number three team. In the country, in spurts. So that's the seesaw in my mind, where I go back and forth. Where it's like, how, how can it just not be consistent from start to finish? And that has been Kenny's biggest downfall, of trying to connect to this team and the coaching staff as a whole. Well, and it, it, I think it it draws
1: like the starkest, not contrast, but like it makes it so clear when they do good things, like that it that it's in there, that it can be done. Yes, and. and it also highlights the fact that basketball is such a game that a team that plays better and more teamier basketball is almost always going to beat a team that might be more skilled, but doesn't do a hundred little things. Yes, and, and I, I think in the Miami game was was and really the offensive performance in the second half against North Carolina because they still didn't defend anybody, but like there, there's some, there's more to work with here. Than is being extracted from these guys, and, no question in my mind.
0: And that's the thing, and I and I don't mean to pinpoint like if all if Duke what,
1: mucks this thing up and just wants to play some sort of a, a rec league ball game, Louisville might be able to win no, that
0: one. I, I don't think that's outlandish at all. And, and we battled somebody on Sunday about this, and I don't mean to just give this individual a platform, but they were just saying, if you're trust your eyes, like what Ethan and, and Taylor say over and over again on the post game show, it's like you can't tell me that this team. Doesn't have talent. I said, okay, let, let's grant you your argument. Let's let's say that they don't have the amount of talent of some of these other teams. And we looked at the two four seven composite, and it was a breakdown of the transfers and recruits and the top ten teams. You had everybody from, um, you know, Kentucky and Duke of the world, who seemingly Duke, although struggled, Kentucky seemingly has got it right. Connecticut's up there. Baylor's up there. Louisville's nestled in that nice, nice little six spot ahead of places like Kansas, Indiana. Um, and, and I'm just I, I refuse to believe that those teams and those programs all can evaluate talent and hit the nail on the head with those. And 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 this and this program doesn't <laughs> they can't do that. So it's been fascinating to me to see like kind of that and, and that has died down a little bit. But there there are some out there that still think that. And it's just like, guys, like Sky Clark. Was training with guys like Bronny James, and it's like a five star, and a lot of there's talent there. Trey White, all team Pac-12 as a freshman, like the pieces. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, all American, and is playing like it. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like he is playing
1: awfully well. It seems to have come on for him, at least on the offensive end. That that he's hard to deal with, and I I felt like it was like almost like an achievement unlocked. It's ridiculous. It's remedial as could be, but I feel like a little thing ought to have come up and popped up. Like you, you, they, Wake Forest double teamed him. They even trapped him. Yeah, to make him get rid of the ball. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's validation. That's like that is literally the first. It's the first thing I can think of that the opponent has done to like recognize something that Louisville
0: tries to do. Yeah. That they're going to go inside to Brandon yes. Huntley Hatfield. And, and, and they're worried about that. Right. Exactly. As they should be, because that is, again, if you're breach and one to grasping for some sort of positivity, he has been a positive spot. Totally. And, and, and I think the injuries that have plagued this team, and I know a lot of people are scratching their heads with the, you know, Hersey Miller and, and Zan Payne and, and D'Lo getting the amount of playing time that they're getting. But I think if he tossed the keys to Caleb Glenn and and, and Tyler Johnson, and even if they got in quick foul trouble, like people will work with that because you're building toward the future. A youth movement has future value, precisely, and that was what was so head scratching. Hate keep picking on it, but that's what I think. So many people had so many issues with the Zan Payne start. Like when I see Caleb Glenn, Terry Rozier, and we'll talk about him in a, here in a little bit being traded to the Miami Heat, if you haven't heard, but being. He was one of the best rebounding guards I've ever seen when he was at Louisville. Just would soar for it. Just go up. Caleb Glenn, I know he's kind of that like tweener forward, is an elite rebounder. He goes up, and like you'll see somebody soaring for a rebound, and you will just see Caleb Glenn go up. You can work with that, especially with the Dennis Evans experiment and his health issues. No longer here. Like, toss the keys to him and live with the mistakes, and people will latch on to whatever you're trying to build for this future because... Outside of that, you're playing walk-ons. Like, what are we doing?
1: <laughs> but Texture says there are several pieces of this team I'd like to see back with a competent coach, the texture says. I, I think the freshman, Dennis Evans, obviously, is a different, different story. But the other true freshman,
0: I, I think everyone would like oh, all the Curtis of those guys Williams, to come back. I've I've left him out. Like he's been another. Like, put him in the starting lineup. Or, yeah. And and put Trey White at, at that three or four spots where you can Move around. I know Mike James has given you a lot, but there's other pieces that you could play small ball and be a little bit undersized with some of the freshman movement, and still f- see glimpses of what he's trying to build toward. I completely agree. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break
1: uh, here, and we will take uh, a rather abrupt change of course. Talk a little, uh, a little of these uh, the AFC Championship game in particular, and uh, Warren Sharp sounded the alarm that the fix is in. We'll talk about that on the other side here. On the drive and a ball we'll Be right back.
0: Listening to The Drive,
1: presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Phil Baker. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Phil Baker here. Lee's going to join us for uh, the 4 to 5.30 window there. Uh, and then we will turn you over early to pregame, network pregame coverage with Paul and Jody and the crew for Louisville and Duke. Louisville, what, 14-ish point underdogs? I know on Ken Palm they are 16 dollars.
0: Yes, uh, DraftKings uh, the most recent one I saw I saw at fourteen. Duke is favored by.
1: All right, so I wanted to mention uh, this uh, story. For Warren Sharp posted this on Sharp Football Analysis. I look, he's I enjoy him. I think he's he's very entertaining. Uh, I don't have any idea if he's good at gambling or not because we love Fat Jack here. Right. But I do enjoy Warren Sharp on Twitter uh, and his uh, his coach opinions and such. Uh, so he posted this, a lot being made of this. It is it is pretty wild, like, how enormous the numbers were for these playoff games over the weekend.
0: Oh, I mean, I think it, like, I saw something in the equivalent because I always battle with current about the World Series versus the NBA Finals, which is such a nerd battle of us, like, being shills for each of our loved sports and everything. But uh, the entire World Series together didn't even match what the NFL did this weekend. Ouch. And that was the divisional round. Marinating
1: that, Curran. <laughs> oh, no. Sitting that. Uh, so like look, like the Chiefs uh, Bills game peaked at 56 million <sighs> people. That's crazy. 50.5 million. And those are small average. markets too. Like
0: right. that's that's the, the beauty right. of the NFL is that even if you're a small market, you're good. You're good in terms of viewership. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if you're in Siberia or Green Bay. Like if you have an NFL team, just people trance for four hours. No question and you
1: like you were not going to miss that if you were even a casual. Oh, you a gonna, passive fan. And yeah. all of the games did absolutely bonkers numbers, north of 40 million for I think just about every other game. Uh it really just a, a crazy crazy uh win for the NFL uh, in terms of viewership here in the playoffs. So he posted this uh about the referee assignments, Phil, for Baltimore hosting Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. It's Baltimore's the, the first time they've hosted an AFC Championship game since like the 70s.
0: Yeah, Johnny Unitas, I think, is what uh, our buddy. Oh yeah. God, it was. Uh, oh, he, he's went to Baltimore. I used to play basketball. This is terrible. He's with the Courier Journal, but he's the, like beat writer for Baltimore now. He tweeted something. Hayes? I still yes, there it is. Palmer, yeah. yeah, no, not he's Palmer. Hayes, I know who you're talking about. Yes, I, yeah, him.
1: Anyway, <laughs> posted uh, this story that the with the NFL referees assignments. They have assigned Sean Smith to ref the Chiefs road game against the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Here's what Warren Sharp says. Immediately, I groaned. I knew his overwhelming tendency to favor the road team. And I wanted nothing more than uh, to see as clean and unbiased the game as possible. Home teams have only won 40 Point eight percent of the games the last three years with Smith as the referee it's the yeah. lowest win rate for any referee in the NFL across the NFL home teams have won 55.4 percent of games during that span with Smith the rate precipitously drops to that 40.8
0: percent I love that people can Track referees. Yes. yes I love that so much. I know Tom
1: Haberstroh does that yeah with NBA stuff sometimes
0: well I mean the NBA the feud with uh, Chris Paul <laughs> yeah. and Scott Foster that's that's yeah, yeah that, there's something there. But, no, I, I think this is fascinating, especially when you get Kodak Black versus Taylor Swift, too, when you throw that uh, in there as well. Hey, Spencer, how are you, buddy? But like this, you said they
1: draw from different audiences? <laughs> just a smidge. <laughs> Their Venn diagram circles don't overlap very much.
0: Just the, not none. Just the just the smidge. By the way, like just my, my brand is I love starter jackets. The Martin Luther King Jr. doppelganger. Everyone was talking about that. I was in love with his starter jacket. I, I was just mm. I was so jealous of that. I was just like, good for you. But the internet is made for it. It even got Dr. King's daughter to tweet about it. Did I you saw see? that. I was just like, my God. I was like, what? Like. You guys, like, bravo to you! Like for the, Dr. King's daughter, even was like, man, I can kind of see the resemblance there. Too. The guy, like, look, for real, for just a second, the dude totally looked like my. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent! He got it. it he got his toboggan on. He's got his starter jacket on. He's bundled up. And I was like, man, that looks like Dr. King right there, hundred percent.
1: Somebody I saw somebody reply to that tweet. To they're like, I have a team. Oh
0: God, that's <laughs> the internet's made for moments like it that. Is. It is a hundred percent, and, and right. so much creativity stems from that. And I love it because. There's a lot of times where I always say the little fills inside my head are throwing coal into the furnace to try to come up with something creative. And then I see like the first comment, even if the tweet was under five minutes ago. And this is when you had your moment with uh, the uh, Jared uh But tweet uh that yeah yes, exactly. And, and and there there's the viral moment to be had And I'm just like a few seconds off and somebody beats me to it. And I'm not even upset. It's just like, I'm glad there's others like me out there. That's what I think is the most gratifying thing. I don't need the likes. I don't need the retweets. But it's nice to know others have that in their mind as well. And that's what warms my heart. I have a team as a good, good response to that. Very funny.
1: (laughs) So here we are. Uh, It is going to be, he even went through and showed uh, that the, Against the spread, they don't even home teams don't even do as well across the NFL. The last three seasons, home teams have covered forty nine point four percent of spreads. That means that even if the home teams are winning, only forty point eight percent of the times when he was the referee, Smith, uh, they would hopefully they're still covering. That's not the case either. They only cover thirty seven percent of the spreads. So yeah, i reading
0: what you sent me. So the home teams are only seventeen and twenty nine and three against the spread. In the last three years. This They've the, got the
1: home team killer referee working the Ravens-Chiefs
0: game. This is the second lowest mark among the 19 referees.
2: So we're saying put money on Kansas City? Because the line's like only... I think it was, was two and a half still? Because those last I saw. I thought it was Oh, like two it's and doing a half. the
0: facial recognition here in a second. It's not registering me right now because of uh, the, the microphone in front of me. I'm trying to check that for you right now to see the most recent lineup.
2: It's... Uh,
1: does the NFL for sure want Kansas City in the Super Bowl over Lamar?
0: Well, you know the, the theory out there with the, the Super Bowl logo colors, right? Okay, if, please flush this out for, so, so for you, we talked about this a little bit yesterday where it said I've like, seen this the, before, the yeah. Bengals and Rams, the colors are featured prominently. It's leading to the script theory that the NFL has leaned into of saying, oh, it, the, the season's scripted. But the colors in the Super Bowl logo has gotten the last couple of teams right. So, you had... Bengals and Rams and uh, Eagles and um, the Chiefs. And those were the predominant colors out there. So for this one, everyone's thinking that it's going to be the 49ers and uh, Ravens because of purple and there's a, a red hue in the Super Bowl logo. So there's a theory out there that that's what it should be. But this would kind of be on the other side of that because of the referee that you have calling that game. So that's that's something to monitor there. But I've seen the news news clip that's been out there if somebody already has the 49ers and Ravens. Uh, usher's performing at Super Bowl 58 of the Ravens and, and 49ers. That was something I think. And he
2: was doing the anthem which is now confirmed.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand why people think it's scripted. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get this line for you. It's updating for me. It is for this weekend you have for the conference champions it's Baltimore's a three and a half point favorite. The 49ers is a seven point or seven point. So there you go. Do we think that the NFL did this on
1: purpose? I could Swift. I, 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 look, I put my tin hat on the Swifty stuff. Like I don't. But that's the th- Like th- that was the whole reason. I'm I'm fine that you said that. But like the whole reason that I brought up the other games all being nuts in terms of ratings too. Now that one was thermonuclear. That fifty six million at one point. But like Packers forty nine ers is over forty. Lions Bucks is over forty million people. Like they're they don't. Now she seems to add something to the number of people that watch a game. Like, we cannot deny this. And those of you out there were bothered by, it, you'll be okay. But is it worth it to try and engineer a? Susp- like it seems to be like the NFL wins if Lamar's in the Super Bowl right. way more.
0: It, it, right. It feels as, and I love the, the Kelsey. Just yeah, you know, if he doesn't have a bushlight endorsement by the end of business on Wednesday with uh, Patrick Mahomes senior, just like just. It's like, what are these? What what are Taylor and Brittany Mahomes doing behind me? And the shirt was Jason Kelsey. Who, by that the way, was in hell. I mean, him jumping. Everyone talks about being shirtless and just drinking beers. I was in awe of him jumping back into the suite. It's like this pretty denial. I was like, he doesn't need to retire. What is he talking about? But no, it, it's the Peacock game. I definitely buy into because they were one of the lowest streaming platforms for that and they got the game on there with her and the Swifties are because look I'm sure there's daughters out there Taylor Swift fans that are just kind of going to put it on a daddy's company you know the the company card the family card and just forget about it I've done it with the Olympics hence why I have not canceled my peacock subscription so I'm one of those buffoons they're probably they hooked in and it's like oh yeah I need to get around to canceling that and I have not and that's what they're banking on buffoons like me yep that's what they're doing Spencer probably has an illegal stream, allegedly, that he would probably... I have
2: actually Peacock. Okay. I, okay. I got it for just to have it, really. What What's what's the series on the outside of the office
0: that you can just like-
2: uh, 30 Rock's the one I'm watching okay. on Peacock. And I've watched some of the movie, and the Ted show that just came out. Definitely so is that, recommend- is that Peacock exclusive. Yeah, the, the Ted TV show. Okay. Yeah. If you like and the movies, you'll you. love the show. That's what okay. I'll say. That's okay. my pitch. Okay. There you go.
0: You're, you're a Peacock. Gotta let you fly. Company man.
1: So do, do we think that the NFL is engineering this on purpose? Do you think this is just random? Man, but like, it
0: looks like Lamar Jackson's heading toward another MVP, so it's like you would think. It, it's In my opinion, I think it's for the greater good of the sport, obviously, to have some new faces in there and having somebody Can like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and you don't need – you've said this all the time about Alabama. Like, it, you needed something different than that. I know with the NFL th- to get there, but with Lamar Jackson – the most exciting, in my opinion, the most exciting 1A, 1B with Patrick Mahomes, you can't go wrong either way, but I think having a new face in there and you're going to probably he's gonna be the MVP more than likely, I think that leads some credence to where I would want the Ravens in there, and that's not just because we air their games or Lamar Jackson's here. I just want to see Lamar Jackson because you go back to the quarterback thing. You go back to the Bill and stuff. You've never seen somebody like him, and I think you're starting to see a generation of somebody like C.J. Stroud. Who's growing? I call it the Steph Steph Curryification or the NBA Two Kification of everybody shooting threes. You haven't seen anything like that. And then when you grow up watching something like that, it's engineering a new type of athlete who's not just sitting in the pocket all the time, who doesn't have to look like Dan Marino. Who or isn't
1: quarterback quarterbacky
0: boy <laughs> quarterbacky enough? You could maybe put an L in there for that host right there because I think that's uh, the undertone that she had there. But anyways. That's something that I would love to see Lamar Jackson at the highest level and just so many people just kind of have to sit in it because he wasn't supposed to be there. Like, he had to, the the draft moment where he and his mom, it's like all these teams passed on him and now the other quarterbacks in that class just, like Josh Allen today, like getting all the benefit of the doubt. Well, he'll eventually figure it out. Like, that has been fascinating to oh. me to see. And I like Josh Allen as a quarterback and I know how you feel about him, but it, it's fascinating to see, like, the, the amount of leeway that he gets versus others.
2: Have you seen the Josh Allen curse that's floating out there now? Enlighten me. No, I don't know. No. So, playing the Chiefs? No, it's whoever beats Josh Allen in the playoffs, they lose the next week. Interesting. The Chiefs a couple times. The Bengals that won last year. Which is, I didn't know that until I saw it. I was just scrolling through like Instagram. I was like, yeah, whoever beats Josh Allen in the playoffs, they lose the following week. Hmm. Okay. I mean, f- yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, no, for Lamar I'm here
1: for it. Uh, it is remarkable to watch Lamar and Josh Allen basically have the same overall postseason, while Pat Mahomes makes it to the AFC Championship game every single year. He's been a starter. Poor and Jason Anderson. Yeah, I know. Poor. Just <laughs> I said that he's like... living this guy's life in <laughs> Kansas City now. Right, right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, pointing at Spencer and his uh, his Tom Brady Patriots uh, heyday. Uh, Good fortune of basically being in the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game every freaking year for two decades.
2: Yeah, postseason season didn't start till January for me. <laughs> All those years, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. But like to watch the degree to which, there,
1: like Sean O'Hara on uh, First Take uh, today. A lot of people kind of giving him a hard time on. Uh, I think First Take and a couple other like the studio shows today, basically just being like, "Yeah, Pat Mahomes has better stuff around him, but I would still take Josh Allen." And I was like. D- what? Like, that's, I,
2: yeah. God, that enrages. Like, I love
1: Lamar, but, God, I, you would have to take Pat Mahomes first. Right. You would have to every it, single time.
2: I feel like this is an engineer take. Like, hey, someone say they will take Josh but Allen. But he
1: would not let it go. And I was like, well, why does Josh Allen get that?
2: No, that, that that's there a great question.
1: I've not seen anyone else
2: have. And I saw Bamani
0: put it out there, too. It's just like, it's not a reason to knock Josh, but the, the ability in the, in the wiggle room that he gets for just like, underperforming, I refute, like, Lamar gets picked apart if he has a bad throat, not sliding, things like that, and it's like, it's wild to me that just, he's just shoehorned in as this, this mecca of the sport. Now, he has some great numbers, but I I actually, it was funny, when we were finishing up the show on Sunday, I was listening to uh, Matt Jones, actually, on ESPN National, was battling somebody of Bill's Mafia, and it was just like, Matt had the stance of, these guys were going back and forth on, uh, you know, he'll eventually figure it out. But Ben's like, yeah, but what if he doesn't? Like, what's the narrative then? Because right now, there's been nothing. And when will you call it? Right, exactly. Hey, Coach Lieberman looking good. That's why we need video.
1: Walking in with a purpose, <laughs> he looked
0: like a man on a mission for sure. <laughs> he did. He looked like a man on fire. Young Denzel Washington just have it is. But no, it, it's wild to me just to see Lamar just get picked apart at every. Every turn. And then Josh Allen's like, oh, he'll eventually get it. Like, I just, it, it's wild. And it's not just, like, one person. It's multiple people at the BD. And I know Bamani Jones called it out multiple times. It's like, yeah, like, you know, same with, like, Pat Mahomes, like, in Lamar. Just, like, why does Pat Mahomes get this whole thing of, like, he's not, you know, he this isn't the same Chiefs team. It's like, he's gone to six straight AFC championships, like, I'll, I'll never bet against Pat Mahomes now because of until they prove me otherwise, you know, that's there, there was a play
1: in that in the like we can sometimes we talk about this with the with Kenny and the basketball team, like getting numb to the how bad some of the losses are, not just that they're losing, but like we I think we can get numb about in the other direction as well. There was a play in the Buffalo game and I keep forgetting that it was like 20 degrees with swirling winds where he. Mahomes gets rushed, steps up in the pocket, and is is basically jogging forward up the field and makes as perfect a throw as you can imagine, 25, 30 yards downfield, perfectly on the money, caught first down, and it's so routine that we don't even stop and lose our breath over something that is
0: ridiculous. Oh, yeah. No, it because we've become accustomed to—it was the same thing with Lamar here. Sure. Like, it, it was a and lot of things— we got to to that. Exactly. And that was something that I had to, like, kind of revive us. I was like, this isn't normal. Like, this, yeah. this is not normal. So this is what Bamani said. This is the tweet I was looking for. All I'm saying is I've been watching this TV show for 40 minutes and not one mentioned to the greatest quarterback I've ever seen winning on the road against his uh, personal rival. Instead, they're giving flowers to a loser. Hmm. Josh isn't a loser, but in that game, loser. Like, and it was just like all the ways of how he'd figure it out. How Because, to your point, we've become desensitized to the greatness that is Pat Mahomes. It's just you just take it for granted of just like even doing the fake pass where it's like he's holding like a loaf of bread and, and just like fakes it and then just gets the first down. Like he just – that's not normal of like what you see from traditional quarterbacks. and Josh Allen, it's like, well, he'll eventually get there. Well, he hasn't. And you're treating him like no matter what he is, and I think he'll eventually get there, but I'm sure a lot of people said the same thing about Dan Marino. Dan Mar- that's the one.
1: Dan Marino is the one for sure, especially because he got it early in his career and then they never got anywhere close uh, after that. I think the NFL is in – if they're trying to engineer the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl again, they're missing an opportunity to sit in this sweet spot where there is a favorite, the Chiefs, uh, but they have not yet reached the Alabama place where people are like, this feels inevitable and I'm wasting my time watching these other games which is I think Alabama gave us about a four-year window where it felt like that. And every year you would just sort of turn on and just be like, I sure hope all of this isn't a waste of time, and then it would be. The NFL does not have that problem. Joe Burrow got him once. Some, If Lamar gets him, then all of a sudden the AFC is real wide open and these guys are all locked in in their places. But, he, but Mahomes is still better than the rest of them and his team is still won more than any of these other guys. That's the ideal.
0: Yeah, and, and it makes it it makes you the can't story make it feel like, scripted, right? Yeah, and, and I know they they're leaning into that for that very reason. Of it's like the eight mile final rap battle. It's like, well, I'm going to say everything you're going to say about me if the NFL scripted before you can say it. And yeah, no, I I'm in with Somebody like Lamar Jackson, who is quite frankly something you haven't seen. I know people go zero to like Michael Vick, but he's doing stuff that Vick's never done. Like he's doing stuff that Tom Brady's done. Like that's that's the beauty of Lamar Jackson right now. And I know. That that's going to be fascinating to see what he can do with that, especially with that storyline that you have with that referee and uh, how he is uh, with uh, the 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 home teams and and that record there. That's going to be something I I'm glad you shared that. If I'm the
1: Ravens, I want that everywhere, right? Like you, oh yeah, everyone, not your players, but like. Whoever your uh, your people are that you leak stories to or whatever, get it out there. I would if I'm the Ravens and you are at all actually concerned about this. Oh,
0: leaking at the chef. They're like the Scott sure F- Foster, Chris talks Paul stuff. About it. Yeah, no. Yes, it. Yeah. get
1: out ahead of it preemptively. Sort of try. The, like I dare you to call this game in a, in a lopsided yeah. fashion.
0: Yeah, please. Yeah, now that's that, that's the good. I stuff.
1: saw like a, a, our buddies uh, in Baltimore there, Ken Wyman and the other guys that do radio there in Baltimore. Like one of their show topics yesterday was: Should the Ravens give Taylor Swift a suite? Should they let her get a road suite
0: for the game? Or, nah, you, gotta to love, <laughs> you, you gotta love You gotta love the sports talk of just kick your feet up and just like that's an hour right there. Go. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm it, I'm envious Auto of that. Pilot. Just have her sit in the regular stands with everyone else. In zone or sideline, two six seven or eighty one fifty. <laughs> All the way, to like three hundred with
1: the band. Yeah, that, you know, for college games.
0: <laughs> have her up like Sting. Or, like, uh, Dino Babers, do I it up to
2: a few freeze. It's
0: a good question.
1: I wonder if Pat Mahomes Sr. is sitting there, like, please don't give us a suite.
0: Please don't give us a suite.
1: Please don't make me sit in a suite with him. Please.
0: I feel like when we had the, the station suite at LNN, there was like a cap on how many people could get in there for the season that we had it. It feels like they've kind of, uh, Shawn Michaels super kicked that number of capacity. Oh, a lot of people in that I'm suite. like, God, I was like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, they're overflowing with people with that. And a nice moment of, uh, Jason Kelsey's daughter sending a message is like, "Hey, your your boobs are hanging out." Or <laughs> did you see that text that was circulating? I
1: did. I saw the one also where Kelsey was out of this the uh, suite with the fans there, and I think it was Pat Mahomes senior again that reached his head out there and was like, Kyle said, get your ass back in here." <laughs> Talking about Jason Kelsey's wife. like, oh, "Get your ass back in here."
0: That's funny. That's 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 we the all take good orders stuff. from somebody. Oh yes, that's that's the good stuff for sure.
1: I am surprised how many people have acted like it's some sort of thing to be defeated. The attention that uh, the Taylor Swift box gets. No, yeah, it's it's well, a it's, part of you're, the, not,
0: you're not they're not hurting you. Well, it, and look, it, it's like Locke and I'm sure his wife watching the Super Bowl. Carolyn watching the Super Bowl halftime show. You're getting the passive football fans that now it's not the Super Bowl, but it's in the regular season and in the playoffs that are just like. Oh, what do you do? And it's something that you can bring your significant other and or your your kids involved on. It's like when you're just plopped in front of a TV all day. It's something that you can have a bonding moment where it's like, hey, there's Taylor Swift right there versus just being a zombie for 12 hours and watching Red Zone. So I, I understand why the executives of the producers are going to there. I know some the football Freddies get tired of it. But it's like, guys, outside of a Jim Nance pun or Iron Eagle pun here and there with a having some fun with some songs, yeah, it's on there for what, twenty seconds tops. Uh, you know, here and there, and then they go back to it occasionally. But that's the game. That's the gimmick. If if Have there's been a there
2: for a, years with other celebrities, yes, yeah, they've
0: done it with a family member in the stands. Giselle? Like,
2: yes, they,
1: they they they've done it
0: over right. and oh, over yeah, again. Tons of you times. used
1: to be almost every Super Bowl they were in after those two got married. That you could almost always bet an actual prop bet about how many times they would show her take
0: it a step further and I know he's a or, part uh, who's his, who's that
1: Robert
2: Kraft's uh rapper buddy Meek Mill yes is it Eagles Sky
0: yep that, that's-
2: Bradley Cooper's an Eagles fan he's been shown at the Kevin Hart the yeah I mean it, that's that's
0: the game like that's heck I mean nobody cares what is Jerry Jones I know he's I don't need a camera on him. Like and his my family father.
2: I hope my
1: father's happy with yeah you. Rapper, rapper, buddy. God.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry it. about that oh that's no that's him that's him smiling down on young Spitzer right now just having some fun with that but no it's it's anywhere you go. If there's a celeb, there's a celeb cam at Madison Square Garden, like this is the this is the game. This is the Quit gimmick.
2: Who's Spike Lee? To be, uh, yeah, right. To be clear,
1: I just want to before we take a break here, and then Lieberman slides in here. Thank you. No I, uh, I did not think you knew rappers. I just thought you knew Robert Kraft's friends. Just to be clear, we'll be right back. <laughs>